Hey, this is Austin from Waterparks and all your other favorite bands too, and you're listening to the Rock Sound Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Rock Sound Podcast. I'm Will Cross, and we are doing this for the first time ever as a two-piece. Jack Rogers, how are you? Hello, Will. I'm all right. You're eating a, a soya yogurt. I am, yeah. It's um, <laughs> it's just one of those days, you know? Everyone's left us, man. So it's <laughs> yeah. like, like Rob's not here, like Tams is not here, hopefully yeah. she's back next week. So I'm, I'm like comfort eating. It's, <laughs> it's emotional. Yeah, like vegan comfort eating. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like our, our intern has, uh, has gone home to Holland. He's left us as well. And um, we are eating his chocolate pudding. Thanks, man. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Um, this week, we have got an absolute bumper. We have got Lower Than Atlantis's Mike Juice making his Rock Sound podcast debut in um, a game, which I think is a, a kind of a classic chat, really, talking everything coming up for the band, including new music, uh, fans, and his views on Fark You and World Record, which is an interesting topic. Uh, their upcoming UK club tour, um, all sorts of stuff. You know, I, I think um, it's one of those things where I'm just going to let him do the talking because some of the things he came out with were absolutely brilliant. Um, and it's a bit of a theme uh, episode as well because we've got Henry from Boston Manor also joining us. Uh, the band have just entered the studio to record album two. So we caught up with Henry a couple of weeks ago um, when they were finishing up writing. And um, I spoke to Henry about all sorts of things that's happening with album two and also the uh, the pop punk war that is going on on Twitter right now um, is uh, quite controversial tweets about the genre and label and that sort of thing super interesting and we've also got our new band Spotlight coming back with our lead breakout stars and our new issue with Nothing Nowhere on the cover The Fame who are also on the Lower Atlantis tour so it's a bit of a special somewhat this week just released their debut single Saints of the Sinners which was co-written with Pete Wentz from Fallout Boy absolutely amazing I feel like Pete's becoming a mascot for this podcast he's like I mentioned every week I mean, I'm fine with that, like, Pete Wentz endorsement, like, if he could do us a jingle. Oh, yeah, yes, let's make that happen. And, uh, jo- you know, working with Josh Dunn as well, of course, 21 Pilots, Mark Hoppus, of course, Blink-182, absolutely amazing. They've got a really, really interesting story already, and it's only the beginning for those guys. So, super interesting stuff. I know you Fame fans are all out there. So, awesome stuff. Uh, first, Jack, little uh, sing-song roulette. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know this was coming. <laughs> so, we've had the past couple of weeks, we've had uh, Jack... Um, serenade us with things like Expensive Mistakes by Fallout Boy and uh, Not Warriors by Waterparks. So um, this week, I think it's time for a little bit of Paranoid by our, our stars from last week, Milestones. <laughs> well, I mean, like the way that I do, because Will's doing this, because like I just sing along all the time. He does. And when the hum comes on, I just do the guitar at the start, which goes like, bow, wow, wow, da, na, 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 na. <clears throat> And that's it's always in my head. I always beat into it, but I'm I'm not I'm not doing any more, man. I'm, I'm I'm just doing the guitar. He's a tease. Well, you already know that. <laughs> Amazing stuff. So uh, yeah, let's go. This is uh, I'm not really used to this format. So it's the news first, and sad news that Shields guitarist George Christie has passed away. Our thoughts are with the band and his family at this sad time. And the used have had to cancel their upcoming UK and European tour due to a family death. Our thoughts are also with them. Nothing Nowhere um, 
which we announced last week that he'd done his first debut UK show. It sold out within nine hours. Insane. Uh, if you're not on board yet, you know why you should be now. Get a bundle, get involved. Uh, X Panic at Disco Ties, Ryan Ross has appeared in the video for Zberg's I Fall for the Same Face Every Time, which has to be seen to be believed. Ryan Ross is alive. Mad, <laughs> isn't it? Paramore dropped the video for Rose Colored Boy. Movements have announced a UK tour in April and May. The One Years have announced their new album, Sister Cities, that will be released on April 6th. And Austin Knight has reviewed his own band's album entertainment on iTunes. Includes a lot of mentions of sweet potatoes. <laughs> it the, does. The um, inferior potato. <laughs> oh, food talk. Um, right so interview one right Mike Juice making his debut on the podcast we've been so excited about this for a long time Uh, we're both big LTA boys and uh, we know a lot of you guys out there are too and uh, LTA boys and girls and um, yeah just obviously Mike's a character everyone knows that and um, super candid and honest at all times and um to kind of, I guess they're kind of between cycles at the moment. They've got this really, really cool club tour, long, extensive club tour coming up at the UK uh, in April, and uh, you know, taking out Boston Manor and Milk Teeth and the Fame, and. Um yeah, it was interesting to talk to him about, you know, uh, the way that the band's early stuff is viewed and then also talking to him about the later stuff, how he feels about it. And uh, yeah, I, I got some interesting answers that I wasn't necessarily expecting. Um, so yeah, I think it's just kind of one of those things where we're just going to roll the chat and you guys have come to your own conclusions, but absolutely brilliant. I was cracking up all the way through. So shout out, Mike. Here we go. Mike Juice of Lowe and Atlantis. I will say, mate, this is the, uh, this is the clearest that's all I've ever been connected on in my life it's not really the other person sounds like they're trapped down a well shouting down a toilet roll tube hole nothing no (laughs) no worries we'll kick off I guess with the tour that's coming up um, in April Really exciting stuff. Um, I mean, like, obviously, it's uh, it's a return for you guys. First tour since the Shikari run. Um, and it's a really eclectic bill in that you've got, you know, Milk Teeth, Boston Manor, and The Fame on there. And obviously, you know, you guys um, across all five albums, super eclectic. You know, you've done so many things and you've got a really diverse catalogue. I mean, this tour feels like a real kind of reflection of all those kind of different things. And, you know, Milk Teeth and Boston Manor, you've got slightly harder edge bands and then uh, the fame or, uh, you know, slightly poppier outfit. What, so kind of with that in mind, what kind of was behind the decision to put this touring bill together? Um, well, I think for us personally, um, as, as a band, we, we, we tend to have, um, well, we enjoy the bigger shows. It's, it's like, it's, like, it's a whole different kettle of fish. I mean, bigger shows, obviously there's more people um, and you can have production and stuff, which is great. But um, we have a lot of fun still playing smaller shows, like club shows. Um, you know, and there's, there's nothing to hide behind them. There's no bangs and flashes and anything. It's just kind of full folks playing rock music. And uh, I don't know, it's just, it's more, that's where we kind of cut our teeth and it's just more us as people. We're just sort of dirty, pretty... <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it just we just thought it'd be a laugh, and we, we get to play. It was like back in the day, mate. Can you hear that noise? Yeah, very vaguely. Yeah, right. It's like the dog's got his squeaky toy, and he's like biting it and singing along with it. Um, yeah, back in the day when we um, when we started off, we would tour for like months around the UK, which is are you trust me, it's possible. Um, and it was just fun, like we book 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 our shows through. MySpace, and then you know, some nights there'd be like three people there or less, and then other times there'd be like hundred people there, and it was just, I don't know, it was really fun, like that. It was very unpredictable, and um, that just made it really, really fun for us. So we're we're trying to do that again, I guess, recreate that. 
get to get to play in places where some of them, those kids might not necessarily be able to afford to travel to the big city for for a gig, or you know, people just have commitments like kids and stuff, and they can't make it. So it'll be fun to to um to travel to the far reaches. No, yeah, for sure. Because I mean, as well, you know, so speaking of Shikari run, like before that, you know, you had like the sold out, the big sold out tour, you know, you played Brixton and everything. It was it was all mega. So is this, is this kind of a way, and based on what you just said, is this kind of a way to to have fun again, I guess, and just kind of, you know, see the people up close and personal again? Yeah, definitely. And also um, in regards to the support. So I forgot you lost that. Um, I guess, Timmy, mate, can, I, can you give me that? Yeah, good boy. <laughs> um, also with the support. We're playing some older songs, some, some songs that we haven't um, we haven't played in a while, you know, especially for the YouTube commenters. So um, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we just felt like those bands are kind of similar to um, what we what we what we kind of the music that we used to make. So um, I guess it just all kind of fit that way. I got a funny funny story about um, Boston Manor, by the way. Oh yeah. Um, I've since met the bloke, but about. <laughs> Five years ago or something, I was standing outside the pub um, at Watford Junction having a fag. Right. And this um, this car came like screeching up basically and pulled up onto the footpath in front of me. And this bloke got out of it and he was like, "It's you, it's you. I knew I'd see you today. It's you." And he um, and he gave me a CD and was like, "This is my band. Check it out." I think I actually lost it because I went out that night. But yeah, it turns out it was a Boston Manor CD and it was one of the blokes from, from Boston Manor who'd gone to Harry Potter World no with, with his girlfriend. And he was like, I know I'm going to see him today, I will. And, and he did, and he gave me a CD. Um, a better story would have been that I, I listened to it, and that's why we've taken him on tour. But, yeah, I probably should have lied, shouldn't I? <laughs> Not, not as good a story. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So yeah, well, based on that, I mean, it's interesting that you're playing some older stuff. I mean, like, what was the um, what what kind of brought that decision on? Did you just kind of want to revisit some of the stuff, like the Far Q stuff and the World Record stuff? Well, yeah, definitely, man. And it, it's a tough one because um, Deck deals with all of our sets and even, like what we're going to play and and what song leads into what and like all of the the sort of jam out parts in between and stuff. Um, and it's always, you know, especially on support, you're probably only playing for like half hour, 45 minutes. And then a headline, you can probably play for like an hour and a half maximum. But we, we've got like, how many albums have we even got? I don't even know. We've got <laughs> five, 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 yeah. four, five albums. That's a lot of songs, you know what I mean? And you, you just can't play them all. And I think for a lot of people, they found out about us for, for the first time from um, when our self-titled album came out, people mm. thought we were a new band. Mm. Like a lot of people. So for a long time, we just had to mainly play those songs. Um, and then, obviously, we released Safe and Sound after that, and we had to showcase a lot of that material. And I feel like the world record stuff and the Far Q stuff kind of got pushed back a bit, which is a shame. And also, man, like, some of those songs like that um, Double Time kind of punk beat and stuff, like, in bigger venues, it just sounds turd. <laughs> like, it just doesn't come across at all. Those songs were, were written for smaller venues, so... Hence, again, another reason why we're going back and doing them. Definitely, yeah, and no, that's really exciting. I mean, like, especially, I mean, like, speaking of safe and sound. I mean, like, I remember you saying um, that you, you know, you're very proud of that album, and it's really proud of what you achieved with it. I mean, do you still feel that way? Like, is that still very much the kind of the top of the pile in terms of you know what you what you like the most of what you've created? I love all of our albums equally oh, cool. uh, for different reasons. It's like um, they're like my children. Like, you can't <laughs> you can't have a favorite. You know, it's bad. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I'd say because it's the newest one. It's like it's like my my youngest child. You know, you always love the baby a bit more than you say if you had teenagers. Um, 
But um, that's always the way, man. We don't, don't like dis- dislike anything. I forgot what you asked me. Would you ask me? No, you yeah, just how you feel. Yeah, just how you feel about that album, really. I, I mean, like, especially in comparison, because I mean, I know, you know, like you've, um, like LTA, everyone's kind of got their, there's there's sort of everyone's got their own LTA favourite, you know, it's kind of favourites across the board. I mean, how do you feel about that when, you know, chatting to fans and that sort of thing? You know, is it, do you um, do you kind of just, do you prefer it that way in that, you know, you never know what a fan's favourite album's going to be or, or kind of how, how do you feel about that it, sort of thing? It does seem that fans of like earlier stuff, especially the Far Q album, mm. um, People always say, like, bring back 4Q. It's like, what do you mean? It's already, it's already there. Just go and fucking listen to it. What are you on about? What do you mean bring it back? Um, I don't know. I find it... But there are certain bands that do it, and they, they do it well, where they just kind of reinvent the same album over and over again, which is cool. And, like, some of my favourite bands do that. Um, but I don't ever want to be that band, man, especially when you're, like, touring a lot. and you, I don't know. It's just playing the same fucking thing. It just gets so monotonous. And I guess the reason why we've chosen this rock and roll lifestyle is because um, we don't really want to conform to the whole nine to five regimented kind of routine. So it's just, I guess it's just a bit of a change. We like all different types of music, you know, so why would we stick to one? I find it weird when, when people, I mean, it's still rock music, you know what I mean? There's still drums and guitars and stuff. And it's still got uh, Kermit the Frog slash Morrissey singing over the top of it. So. <laughs> oh, fuck up, mate. I've just spilt something. Give me two seconds. Oh, shit. Yeah, go for it, mate. Hold on. Bye, mate. All good. Yeah. Cool. All good. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, because I mean, like speaking of that, you know, I mean, um, I know that you've been writing, obviously. I know you're, you're pretty much always writing. Um, I mean, is there is there kind of material for a future LTA album in the works or is it just that you're just kind of seeing how it goes? There is, mate. And uh, I feel like we all, I don't know, it's, it's a tough one. Obviously, we get excited um, about new stuff. But I feel like everyone is like, extra excited about the new material because it's just a bit I don't know it was it was quite scary for me before like being being the writer in the band because it, it gets to a point where when it is your full-time job and, and being the age we are like Ben's 30 I'm 20 kind of, um, in terms of this whole UK rock scene we are getting a little bit older and like got mortgages and stuff so I feel like that all, was always in the back of my mind when writing stuff like you know I, I would I would never, I would never change anything. Or um, what's, the, what's the best way to, to put this into words? It, it was always like when I was writing, it was in the back of my mind. Like this, this was going to have to be on radio. You know what I mean? Or mm. that was always. Um, oh, I'm not going to lie. You know, I did always think about that stuff. But I, I feel like now um, we don't really care. Really, <laughs> I don't know. Just want to make music that we want to make. And uh, if people like it, then sweet. And if they don't, then. They're obviously deaf because they're amazing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, what, what's that been a re- what's that been a reaction from? Is it just kind of is it being a bit fed up with how how people consume music these days and and kind of you know the industry in general? Like, what kind of made you feel that way in the end? Um, I don't know. I feel like it's the same with with um, with culture. I guess you know things go so far one way that there's like a revolt and it, go, and it goes, you know what I mean, it turns on its head and it comes back around full circle. Mm. I feel like it's just that. It's like a natural thing. Over the years, we've gone down a certain trajectory and then now I feel that it's kind of, that we've gone far off one way that we just want to do something completely different. 
definitely yeah. Does anything I say make sense, or do I sound like a stoner? <laughs> no, no, no. It's all making sense. No, no. As, as an LTA fan, this is very exciting. I mean, how 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 how's it affecting the sound of the? I mean, obviously, you probably don't want to give too much away, but like, I remember you tweeting something about sort of you know focusing on riffs and that sort of thing. Like, is it just and like you know some of the riffs you know I know it's like spun from. I know you've had inf- influence from things like American football to things like Ruben. You know, way across the board. Like, is it is it going to yeah. be kind of how's it going how's it sounding? Well, I feel like, um, especially on the last two records, I was concentrating mainly on like melody over anything and trying to get, I don't know, just get like really good hooky pop songs that were like sort of clever in places and had those slight nuances that a musician might listen to it and think, oh, that's cool. Hmm. But um, I feel like this time, because I am, uh, even though I'm a songwriter, I'm predominantly, I'm a guitar player, first and foremost. So I've just been playing guitar a lot more, really. And, um, writing cool riffs and then trying to work them um trying to but i guess put them together and then from what i've learned on the last two albums writing catchy melodies i'm just trying to put it all together really like the best bits of every album kind of thing very exciting yeah because i mean as well you know trying to be the best me that i can be you know (laughs) yeah yeah because i mean like speaking of that as well you know we were chatting about like far q especially earlier and you know fans talking about that album i mean you know especially lyrically on that album it's it's very very brutal you know i mean is it hard to kind of um go back to some of that stuff well you know what mate like i'm not gonna lie like i own a house in london i can't i can't talk about you know not being able to eat and you know being broke and things like that 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 was a certain part of my life but mm. it wouldn't be real if i was banging on like that now i feel like definitely the honesty in those lyrics is is coming back like for sure like i know for a fact that when a couple of people that work with us hear one song in particular they're going to be like you fucking kidding me what are you doing to me like but um <laughs> yeah i don't know that the the honesty element of um, RQ lyrics is definitely coming back but I won't be singing about you know being in loads of debt and stuff because I'm not yeah <laughs> yeah wow okay so does that suggest that this is going to be quite an angry record in parts yeah mainly all of it oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh right okay awesome because yeah because yeah, speaking of like the self-titled and uh, and safe and sound, like you say, was because um, lyrically, you know, you were talking about things, you know, like I mean, there was a lot of kind of there was some 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 moments of kind of it was a bit of a wider kind of lyrical canvas, I guess, on that. And you know, you're talking about there were songs about religion and about love and things like that. You know, so is that because you were focusing on melody in particular that you kind of wanted to to explore different topics as opposed to things being um, a bit less personal, I suppose. Well, you know where I was with that? Like, that my whole um, philosophy that was, you know, I'll, I'll talk about the subject that, that means something to me, and I'll, I'll get across my message that I want to get across. But for want of a better word, uh, I was trying to be slightly vague because my thought process behind that was um, I wanted people to hear the song, <clears throat> know what it's about, and, and whereas she was very kind of subjective, it's, 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 it's like... This is this is me. This is a specific niche thing that happened to me. But um, with those albums, I wanted people to, even if they didn't quite get what I was talking about, you know, uh, it, it, they, they might take something else away from it, and it might mean something different to them. I just wanted to kind of reach a broader 
load of people. Mm. I don't really know what I'm on about that, mate. <laughs> no, 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 I get you. No, for sure. No, no, no. So, so I mean, I guess with this album then, <laughs> is this going back to a slightly more, like you say, you know, there's an anger there and that honesty. Is this going to be, I guess, more of a, more of a, more of a Mike album then? It's going to be more about your life again in general. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is, man. You know, and you know what, like, you'll always, <laughs> it sounds awful. I, I, I'm especially bad at, at this, but like, there's always, I don't know, there's always something, like for me especially, for ba- basically now in my life, I've almost got like everything I, I'd ever wanted and more and I'm still not happy. And that that for me is like possibly way scarier than, I don't know, anything else in life. Because the thing, like what's always spurred me, so there's been certain like boxes to tick and I, and it's always, you know, the the journey is the, is the enjoyable thing for me. And it's kind of like once you get there, the only way down, really. Do you think that comes from the industry in general? You know, because I mean, it's it's a tough industry, and like obviously, you know, you've 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 had so much success within it. But is it always? I guess is it because it come from that? Is it always that there's always something else that you got to do, and it's almost? I guess there's the stress from that. I guess. I don't know, mate. Like we we surpassed um, we surpassed any of my expectations of this band when when we played at Camden Underworld, and we were first on that full band. Hmm. So uh, <laughs> anything's really really a bonus I think that's why we've always been we're always quite um, not blowing our own trumpets but we've always been quite humble and appreciative you know when, when good things happen we would always take a minute and we sit down and like fuck man like we're doing this how cool is that but I, um, more life outside the music industry oh, okay. because like I said everything has gone really well for us you know you can't complain and that there is always a bigger fish and there is always you know, a band that comes out of nowhere and just seems to surpass us but <clears throat> we've seen that happen a lot of times and those bands don't always I don't know, it kind of always levels out. And it, it, it's not about being the best at anything. It's, it's about being the best that you can be. And as long as we always try and do that, then I think we're doing all right. Yeah, for sure. Now, I mean, what's the plan with the record then? I mean, obviously, I guess, are you guys putting it together at your studio again? Is that kind of, it's just kind of playing it by ear? Or is there, are we going to be hearing LTA music maybe in 2018? Um, from now on, I think just in general, uh, we're just going to do everything ourselves. Cool. Um, that's just, I don't know, we're definitely taking that element, um, like the whole DIY thing, back into our own hands because we're probably, probably going to be more DIY than ever, to be honest, mate. Like, we're independent now, for one. We're not on a, on a, on a major label. Mm. We're going to record our album ourselves. We also bought back the rights to um, FarQ and World Record, oh. so we now own them. So there, there might be something you know we could do with them. It's probably oh, when did FarQ come out? Two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. Yeah. We now, it's fuck me. That's that's going to be the ten year anniversary of the album in two years. Yeah. That's mad. <laughs> we feel old. <laughs> I'll be I'll be spunking dust when it comes around that, that ten year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> So it's all about, it's basically, it's completely DIY then. You guys are completely set up and this album's just a completely DIY plan, essentially. Yeah, there's not really, um, there's, a, there's a couple of tunes in the mix that are out and out bangers. But cool. it's, um, I don't know, there's no, whereas before we'd always have a deadline. Like our album has to be finished being written for this day and then it has to be finished being recorded by this day. But this time we've just been like, whenever, it'll happen when it happens. Right, Jack, what are you saying? Mike Juice, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just Mike Juice. Um, I mean, I've 
I followed LTA all the way through from the Far Q days. Like, I remember seeing them in Lincoln headlining Crashed Out Festival uh, on that album where a little band called While She Sleeps also played. Um, there's de- there's footage of me stage diving online from that song. Oh, yes. Um, Find that. Um, but, <laughs> and... I've seen through every single like stage, like from like into world record and changing tune into the self-titled era, and the thing which has always stuck, even though they've changed and maybe like their attitude towards things has changed, Mike has stayed the same character. Like he's, and this is like him at peak, Mike. Like he's open, honest, cheeky, <laughs> and just like quintessentially Mike Juice. Like not letting the fact that it's. He knows that he's doing an interview. Um, yeah, it's just like, oh, I need to sort the dog out, man. I spilled something down myself. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yet still being really, like, honest about the position that the band are in now. And and not being scared. Like, we say it every week. Like, bands aren't scared to talk about, like, the bits of their careers that they don't enjoy. And um, he just seems more comfortable and content than he's been in a long time. Like, and... The biggest things I saw was that he's taking the reins back on, like on FarQ and World Records, yeah. getting the rights to them, being able to reclaim them, yeah. and also dealing with people who on the internet, like Mike's brilliant on the internet yeah. on one hand, but he knows that some people are rubbish and like just dealing with them in the right way, like when people go, oh, play the old stuff, play the old stuff, it's like, <laughs> as you say, yeah, it's there to listen to, like the bands that they are now, like who they've dipped the toes into the pop world of things and like the more expansive stuff, like go and listen to it if you want. Like they'll do the way they are. And that's exactly what they're doing with this small tour as well. They're doing things their way. They're doing it how they want to do it. Going back to places that they haven't in ages and just taking it back to the roots. Like remembering what it's like to be a band again yeah definitely no no i mean i totally agree and uh you know just the idea that like you were saying you know that this is going to be an angry album you know whenever we hear the next lta album this is going to be angry and it's taking that honesty and that because i mean fuck you if you guys haven't heard it go and check it out it's like it's probably one of the most lyrically brutal albums i've probably ever heard uh like honest to the point of just like you're just like oh you know it, but it's absolutely amazing and um the idea of him taking that now and applying it to what his life is now you know and he was saying that he's not into because there are songs now about debt you know and uh, feeling down and out and everything like that and now he that's not his life anymore but he wants to take that and apply it to his life now and still bring back you know that anger that kind of vitriol I, I'm so excited you know because I mean I, I love this band I've loved them from from Farky right through to Safe and Sound and it's just like I, 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 I like the idea that something like that could be on the horizon he says they've got two bangers already um, it, man like the, I just I, I want LTA LTA I think for me, I uh, just what pretty much the band that I've always wanted to succeed, you know, mm. um, and I think that this could kind of be earth shattering if if they get that balance. Yeah, it's it is reaching that stage because like they they did the Ali Pali with um, Shikari. Yeah, they did Ali Pali with Shikari and seemed like Mike himself as a character. He was very comfortable on a stage of that size. Like mm. he was giving it large and like just thrashing his guitar and like living the lifestyle that a rock star should like that's a term which doesn't really get thrown around a lot of these days but Mike is good at being that sort of rock star like the yeah. British equivalent of what it should be yeah um, and it's just a case of like if they can nail that like get the songs which are both like universally like loved but also have that kind of twinge 
of like I know like the thing which always set LTA out was the like like the wit and the humour mm. of it like as you said like just the lyrical side so if you can nail that where it's like it's a it's a pop song but it's also like like in let's say say it in the way that Paramore do it with After Laughter yeah like they've got an album which is huge like commercially but also it's a lot deeper when you scratch the surface yep. if Mike can nail that with these lyrics as well which we know he can and he knows how to write a massive pop song like they're onto a winner that's like, it Mike like, like it's it feels though like LTA's journey has been going up and up and up like there hasn't been a point where musically they've stuttered yeah definitely and that's the thing and, and you know and like what you've just said and the idea that now this is all completely DIY and that they've bought back those rights and you know they've gone independent again and they've got their own studio they've poured all this money and all this work into like say you know their own studio and their own kind of setup essentially um, that could just give way to because they do it's like you just said they have the tools to, to do it all essentially if they distill that down into one album you know like he said that um He's just he's been focusing like he's primarily a guitar player and he's mm. been focusing on writing just sick riffs like that's that's essentially and he tweeted about that and like that's what he's 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 been focusing on with with this material and that's so exciting because for me uh, you know along with uh, of course you know uh, much missed Tom Searle like it, Mike is the for me the the best riff writer in in the UK so if you can channel that against like you say being able to write these massive pop songs you know Mike's written for Five Seconds of Summer and all these bands you know if he merges those two worlds you know and, the, and not to say you know the rest of LTA are absolutely incredible musicians as well like they, they just have all the tools i just feel this album could be the one you know oh and just on that what a tune heartache on the big screen oh uh, yeah <laughs> shout what out crunch a <laughs> what a tune yeah. our, our advertising director crunch like plays that song at least twice a day so yeah yeah absolutely amazing so shout out mike um, we'll hopefully talk to him again and um yeah just absolutely brilliant stuff shout out lta for being a classic classic band jack so we are back again uh, with our new feature where we ask you a question and you give us some banging answers. So this one's, this one's been stirring for a bit, but it's still one of our favourites. This was the times bands were just the nicest people on the planet. And there was, like, it was just so nice knowing that, like, it's one thing when you meet your favourite band and you go, oh, the, the normal like me. <laughs> but, like, when they treat you like to something else as well like which you'll remember for the rest of life it's really sick and yeah this these guys are a credit to their profession i must say so first off we have um axe gaza who says one time frank hero served hot chocolate to his fans who were waiting in the freezing rain good guy frank always big up um this one's so wholesome um, Vice's ex Tyler says Austin Knight told me I'm capable of anything oh, which is huge that is um, Pally Rowell memes like shout out you you're always on hand for us and you always make us giggle uh, said Emerson from Palais gave me his book for free because it was my birthday the next day legend cracking uh, Alan Ashby yeah <laughs> Alan Ashby. I've might have been asked me to join the band. Yeah, good guys. Uh, Pottymouth Troy says, State Champs wore Shrek mask with me and it was magical. Yeah, legends. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Underscore Surge 10 has said, Jason Ron let live and the fever gave him $3 to buy water after he lost his wallet. Sick. Good guy, Jason, always. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Faye fell short. LTA dedicated a song to me in front of 12,000 people in another country. Shout out you again, Mike. <laughs> 
F-O-B-A-S-O-S underscore L-E. <laughs> what a way to end. <laughs> um, yeah, like, we all know how nice Alex Gaskarv is, but this takes a ticket. Like, Alex Gaskarv told Jack Barricat not to kill him. <laughs> I just want to know everything about that situation, I like mean, how it led to that. I mean, oh, Jack, like, <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, I hope I hope there's not a reason that he was doing that, that he was just, like, in a bit of a wavy mood. He looks so serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'm like, oh, Jack. Um, but we'll get Barakat and Gaskov on the, on the podcast. We will ask them about yeah. this. What about next week, Will? Next week, we want you guys to uh, to basically come up with the questions. So basically, with this post run, with uh, we want to completely give this over to you guys. So let us know what questions you want us to ask. Uh, we'll send them out online. Then you guys can tell us your story. So anything, you know, it can be... As I say, we've had seeing bands in public, you know, funny situations. So like today, you know, with bands being nice, like nice people on the planet, like tell us what you want and let us know. So tell us the questions and we'll sort it out. And then you guys tell us the answers and we'll shout you out. So yeah, that's how it's going to work. Let us know and we will do it. Legends. Of course, we have a new issue on sale. Well, it's kind of hard. It's not even new anymore, is it? It's been sat there simmering for a little bit and you've been picking it up. So. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I mean, you guys have been picking this up. It's, uh, you know, doing really, really well. Nothing Nowhere, his first ever magazine cover. Absolutely amazing to be a part of. Shop.rocksound.tv. Reaper Bundle is still available, but get on it quick. So many guys have been showing us pictures of you guys with, uh, you know, your prints and everything. It's been absolutely amazing to see. So if you do want to go, if you fancy it, if you're interested in Nothing Nowhere, if you're interested in what he's about, if you've checked him out and you like what he's about, you have to pick this up. It's an absolutely essential purchase. It's an amazing limited edition cover, exclusive hand-signed print by Joe, Nothing Nowhere himself, uh, an enamel pin, a premium patch, vinyl stickers, and also limited edition art prints that are so, so cool. So, yeah, get in there early. Honestly, like... We uh we've not you know we've been speaking about Joe nothing over an absolute ton past couple of podcasts and just to shout again that like just seeing you guys out there from you know from you guys and readers to 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 people in bands even saying that they've checked them out and they're so into it so exciting right oh god yeah it's it's doing exactly what we hoped it did yes that, like people uh, <clears throat> people are understanding this like getting behind this realizing how special it is. And just being invested. And yeah, it's, I keep saying, this is only the beginning. Exactly. That's it, man. So, so good. Um, And hopefully, you know, we've got this uh, sold out show coming up. Hopefully we'll have new music at some point. Who knows? But super exciting. Shop.rocksound.tv. And of course, as well, includes a slam dunk poster special, which is really, really cool. Featuring state champs, good Charlotte, Knockapuck, Paris, all sorts of stuff in there. Really, really, really cool chats with state champs, Ryan Scott Graham, Caleb Schoen from Beartooth, uh, Jeff from Waterparks, the secret rock star, all sorts of stuff. So shop.rocksound.tv amazing so interview two so LTA tour special kind of uh, Boston Manor Henry Cox so brilliant we all love Boston Manor in the office and um, we've had you know be nothing on tons and tons and tons uh, our designer Tom Morgan always puts it on pretty much every week so um, it was great to kind of talk to Henry as the as, as they kind of go into this next cycle and putting down this next album they have Drowned in Gold uh, which we spoke about you know which is kind of a, an interesting bridge between the last album and this forthcoming one um, and, and Henry's an interesting character because he doesn't really again it's a bit like Mike he doesn't really care about what he's saying in the sense that he's worried about other opinions you know he says what he thinks and he's honest and 
let's say this kind of this whole kind of thing this discussion this discourse that's uh, arisen online about pop punk is so interesting because it kind of we've already spoken about the idea of labels and genres not really being so much of a thing anymore and I think the pop punk thing um, is being kind of dissected into and uh, Henry's uh, got a lot to say on the matter I think so yeah that's all coming up so yeah so album 2 Drowning Gold what to expect there lyrics all sorts of stuff and um, yeah the pop punk controversy so uh, yeah here we go great shout out to Henry here we go so um, yeah let's kick off let's, let's talk about Drowning Gold uh, so you worked with Mike Sapone oh, yeah. on that track um, where did that we song did, come yeah. from tell me tell me a bit about it um, it, it actually came amongst like a whole crop of songs we've been writing for another record um, and it it's a song we really, really liked but it, it wasn't like the first album and it wasn't like the second what, what will become the second album so <laughs> but we knew we wanted to release it because we really liked the song. So it uh, it kind of served as a bit. We were like, well, it kind of almost bridges the gap between album one and album two. It kind of works quite well as like a like a, like a kind of stepping stone track. And also, uh, we are aware that uh, it, it's been over like a year and a half, nearly two years since we put um, an album out. And by the time the second album comes out, it will have been a couple of years, you know. So we were like, well, it's... It took a long time to go without putting any music out, so we thought, oh, well, you know, we'll just we'll just do a single, um, and we recorded it uh, with Mike while we were doing pre-production for our next album. So we kind of basically just were writing a bunch of songs. We had a bunch of songs already written, and we kind of developed those songs with him. And then um, during that time, we were like, well, we'll just properly record one track, and, and it, it's it's kind of a good good uh, way to kind of test your workflow out a little bit and uh, and to kind of get a feel for stuff like production and mixing and mastering and stuff for when you actually do the second record. So it does work well as a bit of an experiment doing a single. Amazing. Yeah, no, de- that. definitely. Yeah, because I mean, like you say, you know, that kind of bridging sense. I mean, you know, it kind of feels like, uh, you know, it's got elements of be nothing, but it's something quite different as well. I mean, in terms of where you're going with the album, it sounds like you're getting a lot of tracks down. Is, is this going to be quite different to what we end up hearing? Or, or is it, do you reckon it, there's still going to be elements about kind of how, what's the kind of the difference going to be in that sense? I mean, the record is, the next record is, is definitely really different. Um, I, I don't think it's, it's so far, we've not done like a total 180, but I, I don't think it's so far removed that uh, I'm hoping that, I, you know, our fans will enjoy it. Uh, we love it. We're, we're really excited about it, but it, it's, it's definitely different. It's um, stylistically, it's, it's kind of, um, it, it, well, we incorporate a lot of influence from stuff that is, it was nowhere near what we were listening to or, or kind of experimenting with when we were recording be nothing. But we wrote that record like two and a half, three years ago, you know? So it's, I mean, think of like, especially if you, if you, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm 24, but uh, I think, you know, in your early twenties and stuff, your tastes change quite rapidly, don't they? And yeah. in three years, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not listening to the kind of music I was three or four years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also I've been, we, you know, we've been playing music together in that time and developing as musicians and as artists. And, and I think you kind of end up being, worlds apart from where you were so so yeah it's definitely different i can't really um i don't really want to say how because what my perception of it might be might be totally different to you know uh, the the listener's perception so i I, I, i'm just i I won't say in terms of like what it sounds like you know but i I think i think people appreciate it and i think uh, i'm hoping it will will open us up to, to different and more unusual audiences than than our previous material has you know 
Amazing. Yeah, sounds really exciting. Because, yeah, I mean, I was going to kind of move on to that as well. Because, you know, I saw you guys last year play a range of different places, you know, like really, really cool sets at Slam Dunk. And obviously I didn't see it, but it yeah. went over really well at Warp Tour as well, you know. So, like, and, and something I noticed as well, you know, especially at places like Slam Dunk, you know, your your crowds were very eclectic. You know, there are people of all sort of, you know, different ages and all sorts of stuff. And, I mean, do you think that might lead to, and I saw you, you know, like you're saying about, you know, loving new styles of music and kind of your taste changing. You know, I saw you tweeting about, like, Ruben and bands like that. I mean, like, do you think it might be quite... Oh, man, yeah. oh, what a band's like. Do you think it might end up being quite well, an eclectic... So yeah. <laughs> what a band. Like, do you reckon it might end up being quite an eclectic listen in that sense? I think so, yeah. I mean, um, in, in a lot of ways, the record's a lot heavier than the last... Well, it is definitely heavier than the last, the last record and stuff, but I, I do think it's more listenable as well, um, which I you know a lot of times people don't really put those two things together, really. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be eclectic. I mean... Uh, what we're really focused on right now is kind of is, is kind of tying the record together to make sure that it is all, you know, you, it, all the songs are, are very different, but it's, it still, you know, sounds like it should all be on the same record together, you know, which which we we kind of put quite a focus on because, uh, you know, we always consider ourselves like an album band kind of thing. Um, but but yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you are. It's an interesting point you made. I, I do think, and I'm, I'm very, uh, I feel very blessed to have a uh, such a. Um, uh, sort of eclectic fan base to be honest because we, you know we get a lot of young teenagers and stuff and people in their early 20s but we get a lot of people that are you know you see the big dude in the back you know 35, 40, 50 year old men that are like giving it the beans and, and love it and stuff and it's really nice to see such a, a broad spectrum of people yeah, definitely. Shows, you know. Definitely, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Because I mean, in that sense as well, you know, I mean, like I, I saw you were tweeting about kind of um, the pop punk genre and things like that, and how you know the term almost doesn't mean anything anymore. Do you think that you know operating just within a singular genre and that sort of thing? Do you think that's very limiting in this day and age? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And in the day, in the t- you know, scenes don't really exist in the way that they used to. You know, the hardcore scene used to be so. Uh, vibrant and and kind of tribalistic in the you know the 80s and 90s because it was a scene where you were an outcast if you liked that music you know and you had to get records on like mail order and you know you paid a lot of money for them and you'd show up and you'd support the bands and stuff and it was it was such a community and now I'm I'm not saying it's it's necessarily a bad thing it's just different you don't really have there's not such a need to to kind of uh, you know I mean that, that scene and have to cling together in order to survive. If you didn't support it, it would, it would kind of die. But now with Spotify, you know, your average listener doesn't just, at that time, you know, they might only listen to, you know, New York Hardcore, for example. Um, but now, you know, these, these people like, or listen to like, bands like Nails, super heavy bands, but then they'll also listen to like, The Weeknd and stuff, you know. It's, it's not, it's not uh, people's music tastes aren't defined by their genres anymore. People listen to, to all sorts of stuff. Uh, and and to that end, there's no need to to kind of put yourself in a box. I mean, we don't just listen to to that kind of stuff. We listen to all sorts of stuff, you know. And you kind of want to explore all that, yeah, as man. much as you can without you know without while still being true to what you are, you know. Yeah, for sure. No, no, definitely. I mean, I totally agree with that. And, and I mean, in terms of, of kind of how that's going into the album then as well, I mean, do you think, um, is that something that you really, and by what you're saying, it sounds like it is, is that something you really want to explore, you know, all the potential things that you could do with the Boston Manor sound and that you don't kind of want to necessarily sort of leave any doors shut just because you feel you have to. You feel that it's really exciting to be able to explore every single kind of element of the Boston Manor sound. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've written... 
we've written handfuls of songs that we've just thrown away because we've been like, okay, this was cool. We explored it, but it didn't, it didn't really work. But I definitely have the view that, you know, you don't know until you try it. And, um, and there's, there's so many bits like we'll put on like some kind of hip hop song or like a metal song. We'll be like, this bit in this song is super cool. Like, I wonder if we could try doing something like that or, or take the, the kind of, what is the kind of, um, the, what's the word I'm looking for? What is the core of this song? You know, how, how, why is it the way that it is? How, what moves the song? Is it, is it the drums and bass that kind of drive it? Is it like just based on this hook in the chorus? You know, how, what, what is the, the kind of the nuts and bolts of this song? And how could, you know, could we explore doing something similar with our sound kind of thing or, or apply this, this kind of, uh, baseline or this synth into, into our, our music, you know, and, and we've, we've, we've definitely like, we've had enough time. Like we've been writing songs for, you know, four or five, it will be probably like six months by the time we, we come to record the record, you know, on and off because we've been touring a lot. But, you know, we were trying to, we were writing songs on walk tour and stuff. We've been trying to write as much as possible. So we've, we've had time to really play around and that's kind of been what it is. I mean, we're in the final stages of it now, so it's, it's less uh, just kind of messing around and more like, all right, it's crunch time now, you know, but, um, <laughs> which <laughs> we're not sweating about it. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, for the, for the most part, it's, it's been, uh, it's been loads of fun, man. And I think people should do that more. Like, I really feel, feel sorry for people that are like, right, man, you know, we've written a pop-punk band. We're a pop-punk record and we're a pop-punk band, so better write another pop-punk record. Like, let's stick on the story so far and get some ideas. Like, I, I feel really bad for those bands because it must seem... That's no disrespect for the story so far for the record. I'm just saying that, you know, people do definitely get uh, trapped in these little, these little boxes and it must be so boring, you know? Yeah, man. No, no. Again, I totally agree, and that that sounds awesome. Like, I'm so excited to hear what you guys are coming up with in that sense. Now, and I mean, thanks, man. Yeah, I, hopefully you'll like it. Can't wait. I mean, in, in terms of uh, before we sort of move on as well to like kind of what's happened logistically with the album. I mean, like lyrically as well. Like, Be Nothing was a really sort of interesting album lyrically too, and it was very kind of quite oh, a heavy. Well, no, pleasure. Like, it's quite a heavy listen as well. You know, you know. I mean, songs like you know this song is dedicated to nobody. You know, and and, and that's sort of in the title track. And I mean, like, it's yeah. it, it's it is it going to kind of continue in that sense because obviously you know, you know drowning gold's uh, all about you know followers and that sort of thing and not being a sheep i mean do, will it kind of continue in that sense do you, are you kind of drawn to the slightly sort of darker heavier topics in life yeah man yeah i mean i mean it, it's, it's way different lyrically from being nothing i mean being nothing is a very like apathetic re- uh, record and, and i kind of wrote a lot about about me uh and and this record is, is nothing none of it's about me it's about kind of I guess my views on certain things, but it's a bit more kind of like a, a broader, probably the wrong word really, but um, it, the, the themes are a bit more central. It's all kind of pretty much hitting home the same message uh, with a few exceptions. Uh, and it, it's kind of, um, it's a very angry record, to be honest. I mean, musically and, and lyrically, but uh, I don't know, it, it, it's cool to be honest. And I feel like we've been a lot more comfortable being a bit more, out there lyrically as well well I have been more comfortable being out there lyrically as well I'm not afraid to am I going to come across like a bit of dickhead here just like ah fuck it you know that's kind of what I want to say I'm just going to say it kind of thing so it, it, it's kind of it's a bit liberating really like I'm sure some people will think I'm a bit of a banger but I don't know I don't know <laughs> So it's um, it's quite. I mean, I think you mentioned earlier. So, but it's quite. It's going to be quite a heavy record in parts. Then, literally, like literally heavy yeah, sonically. Definitely, yeah. Man, exciting. Yeah, sonically heavy. Yeah, definitely. Oh so man. There's, there's, you know, there's there's, uh, there's breakwaters in that as well. You know. Amazing. And, and in terms of like uh, when when we're going to hear more stuff, I mean, it sounds like you're so inspired by everything you've been doing. It sounds like you've got so much down. Like, is it is it going to be that we're going to be hearing a lot of stuff? You know, come the the second half of the year, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. We haven't got a date or anything yet, but um, I would, yeah, I mean. I would imagine um, by, well, definitely by like, you know, 
autumn it should be out I would imagine hopefully but uh, I don't want to put a, a time frame on it because I, I don't know how the rollout happens and when they're going to put the singles out and all that kind of shit we just kind of deliver the album and let let them do the rest of everything really <laughs> yeah and we we uh we, we, they just tell us what's going on and we're like, yep, yeah, cool. Uh, but yeah, no, it, I, I imagine within the next sort of, I, I don't know, I don't know, dude, and end of summer, I would imagine the record would, you, you definitely heard some singles off it anyway. Awesome stuff, man. Super exciting. I mean, yeah, I guess let's finish up then. I mean, like, as I say, it sounds like you're so excited about what you're doing. I mean, like, do, do you think that there, there needs to be more of that? I mean, we've kind of touched on it with the, with the pop punk thing and everything. I mean, do you think that, you know, in what is a very saturated music industry now, you know, and everything's very instant and, you know, we've mentioned Spotify and everything and all that sort of stuff. Do you think it is, it is super important that, you know, you do enjoy what you're doing and you do kind of find a real inspiration within your own music, you know, especially when you're, you're putting albums together and that sort of thing. So, I mean, do you feel like that can sometimes get lost with, with, with you know in general definitely and, and and it does blow my mind because we live in a time where like you know i'm not making fucking loads of money off doing this band and i'm not, I'm not at risk of like putting a bad album out and then i lose my mansion you know what i mean <laughs> which was the problem for people in the 90s and stuff uh so so in reality there's, there's no pressure there's unlimited resources to listen to and make music so i don't understand why people don't want to and i, I realize i'm painting everyone with a broad brush i mean there's you know I would say more artists than not are, are doing really interesting, cool shit at the moment. But particularly in our kind of little world of alternative music, you do hear the same record a lot of times, uh, particularly when a wave hits or something that, that does really well. So uh, when, when that kind of wave starts to die out and you just get this kind of rehashing of the same stuff, I don't really understand why, like, I, I listen to it and I'm like, do they, are they enjoying, you know, like basically what you said, are they enjoying playing this? And if that's that, they're just like, yeah, we're just... Uh, you know, uh, this band, we just want to make these kind of songs, you know, we know it's not reinventing the wheel, but we just enjoy doing it, then then Wicked, you know, it's not bad music by any stretch, but just personally, I would get very bored if if I knew that it wasn't something that excited me personally or, or, or challenged me personally, shall we say. Awesome stuff. So, Jack, what are you saying? Like, interesting stuff, yeah? Yeah, I feel as though, aside from... Like, the biggest thing about Boston Manor is, like, when they released Drowning Gold the other week, um, is how different it was in terms of sound and, like, the vibe which they had created on Be Nothing and the earlier EPs. It was a complete shift of pace, like. And I feel as though it works for them, like, and it's exciting to know that they're working on darker subjects and, like, feeling like they can talk about things in a much deeper way like they kind of like tested it on Be Nothing but yeah. like to go even darker and like going harder on like emotions and like traumas within life uh, and being angrier it's like breaking the stigma that for both like the subjects which they're seen around but also within the scene mm, like this is yeah. what Henry's been talking about a lot that like he's he gets um, like ripped a bit by other bands for like speaking up in such a way, but like I feel as though the tide is shifting again. Like like it's so easy to put a band in a pigeonhole. Like I speak to so many people about it and just say, well, like you don't want it's everyone wants to put something in a little box. Yeah, and, it's a tough one. Um, like everything needs to have a name. And it's in some cases it's so easy to like do that for bands like Boston Manor and just put them under that one moniker. But when they're actually like standing up and going, no, we're not doing that anymore. We don't want to be that anymore. We don't like. We'll still tour with those bands because 
like they're our friends, but like we're not gonna we're not toying with them just because we fit in with mm. it. Like we won't go further than what like the constraints of this is. And to speak like to say those things on the internet into a scene which is very much like jumping into like hungry piranhas at some times. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it takes a lot to do and to do it with like the gusto that Henry does is pretty like it takes a lot it takes a lot yeah it really does yeah I mean I, I you know I was, it was brilliant to kind of hear him come out with this stuff and I, I mean it's been interesting kind of getting his take and also speaking to Dan last week from Real Friends and also you know a few months back chatting to uh, Ryan from Seaway and he's like it's interesting seeing these different perspectives and I, I mean I think with all this considered the best thing about all this is is just that a bit like what Henry was saying about you know oh we love this this uh, section from like this metal track or like this hip hop track can we see if we can incorporate that into what we are and that's so cool like, and they're so stoked on what they're making uh, like I think that that just bodes for like what's gonna be well, a banger yeah I mean like it's the way that they're doing it where they're picking up influence from other areas but not like going oh let's just like put a hip hop let's break let's be in, that yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah like 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 in the way that in the past like when pop punk and metalcore took on like synths and dance music yeah or let's just be that it's like let's take the attitude of that and what like like the bare bones of that and try and incorporate the same sort of grit or like the same sort of style into what we're doing yeah where like it's it's like i I always remember it was when the Wonder Years released Suburbia and yeah. people are now nothing. And they talked about the influences that they were going with. And like the one which always sticks in my mind is like, oh yeah, we're starting to like American football, which yep. people don't know that's like early emo. Um, and it was like that where they were talking about these bands, which they were being influenced by, but like you couldn't tell that like they hadn't gone, well, let's, this bit's cool. <clears throat> let's just stick this in here like they've taken the ethos of it and yeah. pushed it in rather than just copy and pasting yeah it's and subtle I, yeah. yeah and I feel as though that's what Boston Manor are doing like I say drowning gold again you can't really define it like no. it's it's so out there for what a small like British band who started from this like started with these small wings and just like grown and grown and grown like it's it's very exciting to see where it's going yeah, it Basically. really, it really is. I think of like everything that's coming. I mean, like we've always chatted about this podcast about how exciting it is, especially this year, you know, in terms of the amount of albums coming and, you know, it, it, we don't even really know what these things are going to sound like because of what Jack was just saying. I mean, like that's so exciting. I think Boston Manor are like at the absolute forefront of that, you know? So yeah, brilliant stuff. As I say, they're recording now, Mike's a in America. So when we hear stuff, we are going to be chatting about that because it's going to be a banger. Big shout out to Henry. So, interview three, new band Spotlight, also on the Lower Atlantis tour in the UK in, in April and May. Um, the Roxanne lead breakout stars, current breakout section, The Fame. So, these lads from Perth have just released their debut single, Saints of the Sins, which were written with Pete Wentz from Fall Out Boy. And they've just had this amazing story already in that they were just this grassroots band uh, who ended up uh, just writing some great songs, doing really well, and um, and then getting picked up by John Feldman, who's obviously produced bands from State Champs to Sleep With Sirens, you know, and um, and then being put in this situation where they've just written with all these people and they've written with Mark Hoppus and Josh Dunn, obviously Pete, John Feldman himself, you know, and Stephen, who's uh, one of the people we spoke to from the band, um, he's even put keys down the forthcoming and Andy Black records you know so it's an insane story already and um 
we're going to be seeing him for the first time with LTA in April. And uh, yeah, so we thought this is the perfect opportunity to properly introduce you to the guys and their story. So uh, we cut with Stephen and Josh from the band. And uh, yeah, here we go. The fame. Take me inside how you guys came together as a band. Like, how, how did the band come together? Yeah, so um, myself and Josh and our guitarist, Mike, um, we all went to school together. And we were in a music class and just writing grunge music as a <laughs> class assignment. And that was the very first time we played together. Yeah. And so we were writing this music at Michael's house and recording it. And then we thought, hey, we should actually start a band. And I was like, oh, I know a guy that can sing. So I went to Josh. I was like, hey, man, do you want to start a band? He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and we're like, hell yeah. And so then we just started jamming. And then we found our drummer, Sean, uh, from his YouTube videos. About a few months later, I'm like, oh man, this guy's awesome, so we better get, get him along. And yeah, that was the foundation of it, just schoolmates and then finding Sean a few months later. Yeah. And it all took off from there. Best um, mates in school. Amazing, cool. So in terms of then Feldman coming in, like, wh- how does that lock in? Like, had you guys already put some tunes down before then? And that kind of, how did it all come together? Yeah, so we have two self-released EPs under our old name, um, which was Small Town Heroes. And so that, that, that was, they went okay, and like that was all cool. And then we saw, this is like a real funny story. We um we saw Feldman post just on Instagram. It was like bands with touring experience hit me up with demos. We don't have it. We, we had we hadn't toured, but we thought, heck, let's let's do it anyway. So we thought, what's what's the worst that can happen? So we sent we sent um an email in just saying, hey John, here's our music. We, we, like, we really hope you love it. We're like dedicated musicians. This is all we want to do for the rest of our lives and we'll be privileged if you would take a listen. Almost forgot about the email because we thought there would be no chance of it happening. <laughs> and then we get the email back asking for like if we would be interested in working with John Feldman. And we were like, oh my gosh, as if this is actually wow. happening. <laughs> it was crazy. And then, then came the FaceTime call where... Um, John spoke with the um, with Josh, Mike, and Sean, and I was actually on the other side of Australia at the time. <laughs> and then then became the task of writing new songs. So I flew back straight away from the other side of the country, and in this like hope that we could try and impress John um, straight away. And from there, we wrote thirty new ideas. Um, 30 songs, sending it back and forth with Feldman. He was giving us, um, just giving us, um, like, guidelines, just, just help like, right. along the way. Yeah. Um, and just, bit, like, feedback on the ideas we're sending him. And yeah. it was 30 ideas before yeah. we finally made it um, to LA to write and record with him in person. Blimey. It was a journey, too. Like, the things we went through to actually do it. Yeah, like, it was We crazy. were all, like, sick for, like, about a week. Like, while I was yapping in between vocal takes, Stephen just came back from Army. He was exhausted. Michael was sick, too, doing the production. It was just a hectic experience for all of us. Like, we, worked out so, we worked ourselves to the bone, but loved every second of it. Yeah. And, yeah, it helped us get to L.A., which was, like, a crazy dream. Wow, man. That's no, absolutely amazing. Uh, so, I mean, when you went over to L.A. then, um, yeah, so Rob was telling us that, you know, you got over there, and then when you first started working with them, it, it with, with Feldy, it was just, it, it went completely crazy because then, you know, Pete Wentz and Josh Dunn and Mark Coppers were coming in and co-writing with you guys. I mean, this must have been insane. Like, take me inside all of that. It was it was absolutely nuts. Like the very first day we were there, we sat down, we started playing one of the ideas um, that we'd written beforehand, and straight away it was like, okay, how can we get to the chorus quicker? I think we should change this part. Go, and we're like, wow, like 
within within seconds. So we're working ourselves to the bone, and it was just it was the first day. I think was a twelve hour day, yeah. and then we thought, oh, maybe it would slow down, and it did not. It was <laughs> sped up, and we all got addicted to caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of caffeine was devoured. It was crazy, yeah. uh, and that was awesome. And the co-writers were really great, um, and especially Pete. The I'll, I'll forever remember the moment when Pete Wentz walked into the studio. I was. I was in the second um, recording room just laying down some keys to one of the tracks and then I heard the door open and Charlotte thought, oh, maybe, maybe it's Josh, maybe it's Rob. And I turned around and it's Pete and he's like, oh, I'm Pete. I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> and, oh, gosh, I will forever remember that moment. And then that was great. Um, then we actually sat down and before writing anything, we, we talked about, like, and he gave us his insights on the music industry. It was about, like, a two-hour chat. It was amazing. It's just, like, super insightful. And um, it was actually funny. A lot of the things that he mentioned um, to us were very similar to what he mentioned to you guys in um, the podcast that you did. Oh, with really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was listening to it this morning. Great podcast, by the way. Oh, like, cheers, man. Thank it. you very much. Thank you. And, um, and what he mentioned about... Um, yeah, there's no there's no space for mediocr- mediocrity in the writing. I was like, wow, that is exactly what he told us. And like the fact that you know, if you're not willing to if you're not willing to work on your laptop on a plane or something, that someone else will. That was the whole vibe which of his conversation with us. And I was like blown away that he said the same thing to you. I was like, wow, this is like so it goes to show that everything we're saying was like really like from the heart mm. and that really found the basis of the song that we wrote um, with Pete as it had to be unique it had to be something different and that was like the whole concept that we went into when writing the song definitely like this idea of just youthful rebellion taking what you want and taking charge sort of thing as well yeah definitely no, you can totally hear that I mean because Saints of the Sinners I mean obviously it's going to be the first single was that very much kind of what yeah, you just told me was that very much the basis of, of, of why you picked that as the first single they wanted to stand out as something really different to everything definitely. else definitely we wanted people to hear this song straight away and just be, be kind of thrown off balance but feel feel like connected to it and related to it in a sense because everyone has a sense of youthful rebellion. You know, everyone wants to take what's theirs, but some people kind of restrict that. You know, some people kind of hold that back for whatever reason. So it's about letting loose. Yeah, and it definitely shows, like, the message that we want to give out as our first single, it shows, like, that hunger and that strive that we have and, like, really hitting, hitting the whole world, which, like, hasn't heard anything from us. So hitting the world hard with that first single yeah. um, is what we, what we wanted to do. It's something that we're really passionate about having so yeah yeah definitely no as I say I mean it, it totally stands out and I, and I mean talking about Josh as well you know I mean I, he um, he played on a couple of different tracks is that correct um, he didn't actually play on any of the oh, tracks okay. he actually yeah he, he actually um, we mainly just sat down and spoke with him and talked yeah. about us as individuals yeah. in life and basically learnt about each other and and through that, we kind of, the song kind of came together. But it really started from just talking, really yeah. getting to know each other as people and our fears, our hopes, our dreams, and really getting to know someone who's kind of put on this pedestal, but he's, he's a guy. And he has the same fears, the same everything that we do, you know, and being able to relate and create a song out of that was really, really special for us. That was, that was definitely an amazing experience, um, working with Josh in that way. We haven't, we've never written a song like that before. Never. Like, we never, like, the process of writing... That was the very first time that we sat down and talked 
for like a substantial mm-hmm. amount of time just to really like get to know each other, get to know what we want to write about. Yeah. And then the song really came from there, which was great. That's, that really helped shape everything that we've written since then. Definitely. As, yeah, it changed the way we wrote and changed just the way that we thought about writing. No, I mean, Mark Hoppers as well. I heard he's quite an unusual uh, co-writer. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, uh, Mark, Mark is a great dude. He loves his, um, he loves his nature, nature videos. He loves his David Attenborough. He loves his... Uh, his if you read his Twitter, man, oh, oh, the most man. hilarious thing. Yeah. But him himself as well, a huge wealth of knowledge. And not just about yeah. pop punk. His, his knowledge ranges from every kind of music to everything. He loves to read all these different types of books and all these different types of music. He's opened himself to such a huge spectrum of sound and being able to tap into that experience is so basically so important for us, really. Mm-hmm. And his contribution to the song, being able to really just, again, talk. We just, again, like there was no real set way we did it. We just talked about what we wanted to write about. Yeah, that was definitely, yeah, once again. How I, think <laughs> that was, I think that was shaped by, yeah. again, by the very first um session with Josh Dunn yeah, because sure. that really we went in to that session with um, Josh and Mark um, that second session we worked with Josh we yeah and we went in with that same sort of mentality and it just worked a charm are all of these different songs sounding very different you know we were chatting about saying to the sinners sounding very very unique is that is that very much the case for all of these songs absolutely like um, I think it definitely goes to show like with this day and age and we all grew up with the resources and like the whole world of music at our fingertips, like with all the social media, with YouTube, Spotify. And I think that really helped as like growing up, broadened um, just our interest in music, all of our inspirations, where we, where we gain, get our inspirations from, um, all those different sources. And that really came into account when writing these songs because we love all these different styles of music. And it was amazing to like have the experience of getting these different styles using different styles like for each song by putting them together in a way um, which all around says the same. Mm. And that I think the diversity really did come from writing those ideas, I think, starting off. Um, the main thing we did when writing those 30 ideas before um, getting to LA was experimenting. And we found yeah. through experimenting with those songs that then like the next batch of 20 that we wrote in the first, um, our first visit to LA, were definitely were able to experiment more and then coming back to Perth writing like another five and then going back to LA again writing like another 10 songs so having 60 songs all up all experimenting with different sounds for the one EP it was it was crazy it was amazing Sounds incredible, yeah. Because I mean, you know, something I wanted to ask you guys, because like you say, you know, these things, it's, it's clear that you guys have sort of been raised on so many different styles of music. And I mean, do you think that's something that is changing now, you know, in that, you know, bands are coming up like you guys that, that you know, have been raised on so many different styles of music that genre boundaries are, aren't, they're not really even a thing anymore, particularly? Well, I, I definitely lean towards the idea that genres are becoming more fluid. Mm. Things, people don't want to be concrete these days. People want to, expand their horizons like everyone's heard the same sort of thing before so everyone's thinking when you hear a song what can I do differently to that what can I offer to this already genre of sound and like with 21 Pilots and with Paramore coming out with all these different sounds and different tones and stuff now it just it really opens up the mainstream to being different and I think that's what's so exciting about the future of music and what we've wanted to accomplish 
Yeah, no, I, I absolutely couldn't agree more. And I, and I mean, as well, Stephen, like just before we go on to what's coming up in 2018, um, I hear that you actually remain behind in LA for a bit and you, you've actually laid down some stuff for the next Andy Black album. Is that right? Yes. Oh, that was such an awesome experience. I was yeah. like, so privileged to be able to do that. I was like, so happy. When, when I heard that someone wanted me to say that, I was like, you want me? I'm like, that is awesome. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Like, I loved, it was a completely different vibe. I'm um, doing the music um, instead of um, like writing the, like the actual songs, so to say. Um, so I'd just be sitting there at the keys and then really like, doing my best just using my ear and it's a whole different way of writing which was just awesome to work work with awesome to work with Andy Black geez like what a what an artist just like been been through it for so many years and it was great to um get that different style of working with another artist like I've worked I've worked with these like this these guys <laughs> I don't know how Josh works I don't know how Mike works I know how Sean works and then having to change the way I work um, to meet like some another artist needs was a great like experience for me, um, and it definitely like helped. It helped with um, with our band as well in a way that like I'm learning to deal with different situations and different ways of writing music um, just to, to cater for like different songs. It's going to be a really really busy year then. Oh yeah, we can't yeah. wait to yeah. get onto the grind <laughs> and smash um, <laughs> it out. Really well. A busy year is what we want. We've been grinding all the way up to this point, but we're so excited to take the next step. It's like all this work we've done is kind of like, okay, we've done the 20 hours of work. Now it's yeah. like, okay, let's tour for like as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like right now we're focusing on really on translating these songs live as best as we can. Um, we're locked, we've locked ourselves inside the rehearsal studio now, like six days a week um, rehearsing and then playing small, small practice gigs. Um, getting getting all sorts of the tour, just absolutely like yeah. smashing it out all the way up until the point we leave, so that then our very first show outside of Perth can feel like <laughs> our, our thousand. So. <laughs> Wow, man, that's so exciting. I mean, yeah, I guess to finish up then. So, you know, it's the first time, you know, you're heading outside, Perth, like you're going full on tour and it's going to be absolutely full on amazing. Um, albums due uh, towards the end of the year, is that right? Oh, uh, yes, correct. Yes, yes, it is. Hopefully. Yeah, that's, yeah, the, yeah, that's, but we'll that's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with our things don't go according to the plan. Yeah. But we're hoping. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the aim. So we can't wait for that. Um, we're just so lucky that we've been able to come up with such a huge, huge just handful of songs that we're really stoked with um, to, to give us that opportunity to have a single. So we're really excited for what's going to come and we just can't wait yeah. everyone to hear it. Yeah. Right, yeah. Really, really interesting stuff. Uh, unusual, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's what you always say. Like, I love the little this little circle which um has formed in la where like it's it's all feldman like the absolute legend that he is <laughs> yeah. who he's just brought together all of these he's brought together all of your faves <laughs> to like <clears throat> to like work with so many bands which he believes in and like for your debut single man like to be <laughs> yeah. written by peter like, <laughs> i love how you was full name him <laughs> yeah peter um and like that story where it's just like, oh yeah, I'm I'm Pete Wentz. I'm here to write music. Oh, oh all right, mate. Yeah, yeah. like, it, and it it just shows that there's such a belief within there. Like if if a band is working with these people so early on in the career, like 
this, like this early mm. on. Like there's a spark there. There's got to be something which is about to go like like astronomical. Yeah. Like, um, and yeah, it's it's just fascinating seeing it. Like the Saints of the Saints is a massive tune. Like, yeah. and it's it's got it does have that film and stomp to it. Um, like it's the same sort of feeling you can see on the Black Veil record. Yeah. It's what you see on like the Five Sauce albums. Like it's it's got hit written all over it. And for them to have this start in life and then their first time is on a tour. Like it'll be interesting to know what reaction they do get on this um, LTA tour. Yeah, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, they're kind of like the they're kind of like the outsiders mm. of it um, like opening the day for a very British bill as well like coming over for your first time when you've got one single yeah like it's it's really it's it's really like it's the proving grounds like this is where you make or break yeah and like listen to the guys you can hear like like they're not thinking of it as like an issue it's like, like get us on tour yeah yeah, they're, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're just loving like the fact that they're like allowed to have their music out in the world. Yeah, because I think as well, they're, like you're saying, you know, and I think they're so, and there's probably a level of confidence as well because they've mm. got this amazing array of songs in the bag already, you know, and we've only heard, you know, one song, essentially one finished song. Yeah. So the idea that, you know, what they're saying and the fact that they're confident about it and they bring all that over with them and they've got everything in their arsenal, like, man, that's really exciting. It bodes that there could be some real yeah. bangers and, coming. And I've seen as well, like, the fan base which they've already formed, like, mm. this, like which... The family. Yeah, shout out the family. We yeah. know you're out there. Yeah, like to have to have like a fan group already sat there, like ready and already hyped about everything you're doing. It's pretty mad. It takes some bands years to do that. Yeah, like, there's such a level of intrigue. Yeah, um, yeah, and just the like, it's 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 just a fascinating kind of position to be in, and. Um, yeah, I, I mean, my main thing was just how enthusiastic they were yeah. about everything. Like, really you can cool. ju- like, you can just tell that they just want to be out and doing this and, like, making a living off this. Like, a lot of bands could be like, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get started and we'll go. These, like, these guys, like, we want to be around the world. We want to be seeing everything. We want to be playing to as many people as we can. Yeah. We want to meet as many people. It's like... It's, it's like a terrier. Like, <laughs> like, like it's, just, it's just happy to be out of the house. Yeah. Like just yeah. legging it around. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you're never going to get it back, like, un, un, unless you chase after it. Yeah, so. there's, yeah, that's it. They're off around the world now, and that's it with these songs. I mean, you know, working with Josh as well, obviously, we know all you guys out there love pilots. And I mean, and, you know, like just the idea that they just sat down with him and it was just about talking, you know, and like mm. that's how this song came to life. And that they just, again, it's a bit like what we're talking about, about bands being nice and good people. You know, it's like they just, they got on the same level and it was like this guy's a normal dude even though he's on this huge pedestal and um pedestal and um and and, and from that they were able to come up with this you know what i imagine is an awesome song you mm. know uh which is really cool and you know working with mark as well and his kind of unusual writing kind of uh, skills and um and, and methods and techniques as well really really cool stuff so essentially this is the start of just uh, an amazing story and uh, we can't wait to see how it develops yeah. well i mean it's just like sit back and see what happens now yeah because it's it's gonna go it's gonna go off really quick yeah it feels as though this isn't someone which is gonna simmer it's gonna be like setting the firework off and it's just gonna go <laughs> well i mean fire, fireworks don't go it's a good sound yeah i don't know i can do it again <laughs> yeah. yes yeah yeah yes. there we go yeah like 
Like the core's been lit, like it's just gonna go off now and yeah. we just have to sit back and enjoy it. Exactly, yeah. So basically, we'll see you guys on the LTA tour and uh, yeah, it's gonna be amazing. It's almost like, almost feels like a battle of the bands in a way. It's really exciting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, awesome stuff. Shout out Steven, shout out Josh from The Fame. Awesome stuff and uh, yeah, shout out The Family, of course. And just a reminder as well, our new issue featuring Nothing Nowhere's first ever magazine cover is on sale now at shop.rocksound.tv. The Reaper Bundle is still on sale, so check that out. Honestly, you have to get involved with this. Like Jack said, it's only the beginning. This is the time for you guys to get involved with it. You know, you guys from you guys out there listening to uh, to reading to people in bands have been telling us how much they, they appreciate what Joe is and how they're really, really into the tunes and they've become fans overnight, essentially. Super exciting. So the Reaper Bundle is available at shop.rocksound.tv. So it's been fun, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been all right, this. Yeah. yeah I can't complain. Uh, but it could be nice to see Tamsin again. Yeah. Next week. I think she'll be back. I think she'll be back. Yeah, I think we've held it down. Yeah, she's, <laughs> we have. Yeah, we've held the fort. Like, she's, uh, yeah, Tamsin's not been very well, so shout out, Tamsin. Yeah. See you soon. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think we've done all right. So we have. I hope you've enjoyed us talking nonsensical talking. brilliance. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say nonsense. I like that. Amazing. Yeah, it's been fun, guys. Uh, next week, we've got the return of our very special feature, Always the Quiet Ones. We had uh, Mr. Otto Wood last month, which went down very, very well indeed. So expect another special guest on that. Follow us on SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And we will see you next week. Right. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.